This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. You may not be paying much attention to what is going on overseas, but the emerging market has been getting crushed. It's been the worst performance for the emerging market stocks since 2008-2009, aka the Great Recession. And if you take a look at the ETFs, you can see what's really going on. So the Vanguard Emerging Markets ETF, that's the ticker VWO, that's down um, over 12% year to date. Now, remember, the S&P 500 is up like 7% or something, 6 to 7%. So big difference there, down 12% just year to date. It's three-year performance before taxes is just 3.6% annualized. And um, I took a look to see what was in that one because I was curious what its largest holdings are. So the top 20% of its holdings are um, some interesting names. I'll I'll just read them off. So it it owns Tencent, Taiwan Semi, Alibaba, China Construction Bank, Baidu, Reliance, Valet, among others. The vast majority of these are Chinese stocks. So basically the top 20% of the CTF is heavily weighted in Chinese stocks and those are getting killed right now (laughs) due to the trade and tariff issues. Chinese stocks are down big. So that's not surprising if you look and see what this ETF is holding. But I took a look at another emerging markets ETF. This is the Spider S&P Emerging Markets Small Cap ETF. This is ticker EWX. It's not quite as bad. Year-to-date, it's down 8.9%. The three-year return is 10.6% annualized. So it's only this year where it's really started to get hammered. And this ETF has equal weighting, so you're not totally dependent on these big, mainly Chinese big caps, basically. And this one has a little over 1,000 holdings, evenly weighted. So you're not going to see big gains the same way you would if it wasn't evenly evenly weighted, but um, you're not going to get crushed down quite as bad. And um, surprisingly, the PE ratio with just this one is just 11.6. So not quite as bad, but still getting crushed. So I thought about how can we find our own cheap emerging market stocks? Are there any out there that we can buy the individual stocks for instead of buying these indexes? Are there deals? And the first thing I had to deal with was what does emerging market even mean? Like who's in the emerging market? Obviously China is because I just mentioned that. But I had to look this up myself because I wasn't certain on what countries were in the emerging markets these days. And it turns out not everybody agrees on who's in the emerging market. There's there's a set list that pretty much everyone agrees on. And then there's like five or six countries that are kind of changed and uh, random that various of the groups that track these kinds of things look at. But what it means is, is that usually it's an economy that's progressing towards becoming more advanced, but it's not quite there yet. And it usually doesn't have strong market regulations or accounting or some of the things you would find in the more advanced Economies, So for that reason, it's more risky because you don't have something like the SEC overseeing what's going on with their traded com- publicly traded companies. You may not have accounting standards that are the same. So again, more risk. But uh, the most agreed on countries 
are the ones you would suspect. So it's Brazil, Chile, China, Colombia, Hungary, Indonesia, India, Malaysia, Mexico, Peru, the Philippines, Poland, Russia, South Africa, Thailand, and Turkey. Those are the kind of agreed upon ones. So I figured that was enough list. I didn't need to go on the ones that everybody's kind of disputing. I thought I could start there and try to find some stocks from some of those countries. Now, as you might imagine, some countries have more publicly traded stocks than others. I I looked at this list initially and I was like, Poland, hmm, I don't know if any companies that are traded in the U.S. that are Polish off the top of my head, actually. So I basically didn't even look in some of the countries to, to find stocks because I know that there's um, a lot more publicly traded in, in some than others. And so I stuck with the ones that I knew would have some. So I screened for companies domiciled in certain of these countries. So the first screen I ran was for Mexico. And I also looked at those that were trading within 10% from their lows, their 52-week lows, because I thought maybe it might get something cheaper that way. And then I also, I threw in a PE, but then it gave me fewer stocks. So I took that out, but I did I did look at it while I was reviewing these. And without the PE, I got 27 companies through the Zach Screener which is pretty good, actually. That's more than I I would have thought. And I picked out a couple names just to take a look at and to see, are these a deal or maybe they're value traps at this point or what's going on with the emerging market stocks that are in Mexico? So I looked at one of the biggest companies in Mexico. That's America Mobile AMX. That's the Carlos Slim company. That's the mobile giant, basically. And it has a PE of 17, so it's not super cheap. It's not super expensive either. Earnings for 2018 expected to grow 38%, 2019 another 37%, so that seems really good. But year-to-date, shares are down 7.3. It's 7.3%. It's not really plunging. It's not really really doing anything. (laughs) So... It it didn't seem super exciting to me as a really cheap deal. I would want to get this much cheaper, and then I might really be interested, especially with that earnings growth. But a P of 17, not super cheap for me to consider it. So that's the first stock, America Mobile AMX. Then I took a look at one of the airport companies. So you might not be aware of these, but all of the operators of Mexico's airports are private companies and they're all traded on the U.S. stock exchange, actually. And these have been real hot stocks over the last couple of years because as tourism has increased, everybody's going to Mexico and how are we getting there? We're all flying through one of their airports. So I picked out the one that has what I consider the the crown jewels of Mexico's airports. And um, this one is We'll just call it a SUR because that's what they call it even when you land at the airport. It's A-S-U-R. That's the the shortened version, but the ticker is actually A-S-R. So it's an international airport group. They own and operate Cancun and Cozumel airports. Cancun still is booming, still is seeing increased traffic. They had record traffic through there. 
I think they're adding a new terminal that's going to be opening soon. So this kind of company also benefits if they're opening up restaurants in there and all that kind of stuff. It's a big operation, big businesses. But this this company is also interesting to me because they have a uh, a partial ownership in the San Juan, Puerto Rico airport, which wasn't too good last year, but um, it's trying to rebound. Traffic is still down there, though, because the tourists aren't yet back really in Puerto Rico yet. But San Juan is the um, airport that is the connector to most of the Caribbean. As some of you know, when you fly to some of the smaller islands, you basically are either flying through Miami or through San Juan to make a connection to get to some of the other islands. So that's always been its bread and butter. And then I was surprised to see, and I don't know if this is new, but they operate some of the airports in Colombia now, including the one in Medellin, which could be a big growth story for them too. They are not performing as well as the Mexican airports right now, but that's something to watch. So I know these shares have been up big the last couple of years, and I thought I'd take a look to see if, you know, they're starting to feel this emerging markets meltdown at all. And really the shares are down only 4% year to date. So no, I guess nobody's fleeing out of the airport stocks yet. The PE is still 23, but the estimates are on the decline for both 2018 and 2019. I don't know if that's Hurricane Maria related out of San Juan or if the analysts are seeing something else, but they made $9.89 in 2017. They're only supposed to make $7.95 in 2018. That's a decline of 19% in the earnings. And then a rebound in 2019 back to $8.82, but that's still under what they made in 2017. And with the P of 23, nah, I'm not really seeing that there's much of a deal in these shares at all here. And they'd have to go much cheaper before I got interested. But these airport stocks are um, something to keep an eye on. And like I said, there's several of them and they own different airports around the country. When they divvied it up to these private companies, they tried to make it fair. Like they tried to give, you know, one company has the Cabo Airport, another one has Mexico City. So, you know, they, they did give some crown jewels to each one of them, but Cancun and Cozumel to me, are really where the growth is, has been. So um, that's ASUR, A-S-R, but you might want to keep it on your watch list here. Okay, so then I switched over to another country. I wanted to look at Brazil because that's been not good for a long time now. <laughs> and the screen gave me 50 companies, so that was good. A lot of them were like their big food companies. There were some fertilizers in there, a lot of their banks, but I decided to take a look, kind of staying on aviation, with, at um, uh, Ambrier. <laughs> I know I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure. But every you, many of you know this one because they make airplanes. So other than Boeing, there's this company, Ambrier. The ticker is ERJ, ERJ. And they make both commercial and executive jets, but usually a little bit on the smaller side. That's why they get the executive jets. So if you're flying those routes that are like, um, you know, the two seats on each side and the aisle, just one aisle, and they're a little bit smaller, maybe they only fit 100 to 125 passengers, that likely maybe have ma was made by Embraer. So this kind of jet has been popular on a lot of routes and a lot of the airlines have been buying it. So I took a look here and this one is 
uh, seen quite a decline. So year to date, the shares are down 24%, but it's still trading with the PE of 50. So I was like, what? What's going on here? Earnings estimates are being cut this year, and it's expected to see a 75% earnings decline. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I didn't dig deeper, but you would have to if you're interested in this stock. Um, There are five estimates on the full year estimates. So it's not like we only have one or two estimates here and, you know, they're getting it wrong or something is amiss with that. There actually are five. So they made $1.52 in 2017. They're expected to make just 38 cents here in 2018. And then 2019, it jumps up again back to 127. But I feel like even though these shares are down big, there's something else going on here that I don't like. And you'd have to dig in. It seems like some kind of value trap to me, even though the PE doesn't indicate any value. But just because those shares are down big doesn't mean, um, you know, it's definitely solid fundamentals and super cheap. So definitely investigate that one some more if you're interested in Brazil. And then I switched over to China because it is the big guy in the emerging markets now. And when I ran the screen, I got 276 companies and there's like another one going IPO even as I'm recording this. So they're just rolling out these IPOs. So there's a lot of Chinese stocks that are now traded on the U.S. exchanges. So you got to be careful because there's not a lot of information out there about many of them. And I took a look to see what was in the screen. And I didn't really want to focus on any of the big cap Chinese stocks that we've talked about in the past. We all know who they are, the Tencents, the Alibabas, those ones. Um, I looked at companies with PEs under 15 because I wanted to find some value here. And a lot of the Chinese companies did not even have PEs, so that eliminated all of them. But the ones that do have earnings, I looked for PEs under 15 to try to find the value. And I still got 18 stocks. So I thought that was pretty good. I was like, okay, that I can work with that. And so I'm going to give you two of them that I just took a look at because the Chinese stocks are getting slammed down. I thought maybe there might be some deals here and, you know, maybe we can uncover some of them. So the first stock is called, now I'm going to say this, but who knows, it's changyu.com. Um, it, the ticker is C-Y-O-U. So that's easy to remember, just C-U. Um, and they do online gaming Now, the gaming area has been hit recently because the government has been cracking down on the types of games that are being developed, and they've actually yanked a couple from the market suddenly. So this has been super volatile place to be. And if you look at the chart of changyu.com, you'll see the shares are down 64% year to date when I'm recording this. They've just been on a steady stream down, but they now have a PE of 11. That's why they made the screen. And so I took a look at their earnings to see, is this a value trap or a true value stock of some sort? And they made $2.36 in 2017, but they're only expected to make $1.22 in 2018. That's an earnings decline of 48%. And then you're going to see a rebound in 2019, according to the analysts so far, um, and that would be at 207 for 2019. But second quarter revenues here declined 25% year over year and 18% quarter over quarter. So the sales are down, the earnings are being cut. Yeah, it's cheap, but this is a value trap, not a value stock. And it's another reminder 
that just because a company's in China, everybody thinks, oh, they're so big and, you know, these companies can grow forever because look at all the billions of people who can buy their product or play their games. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean the revenue is going to go straight up for forever as this is, you know, an indication revenue is on the decline here. Um, so this is a cautionary tale of, you know, you got to pay attention if you're investing in any emerging market where there is much more um, possible government interference that things could go awry when you least expect it. So that is CYOU, um, the first Chinese stock. So I took a look at another one, and this is Yurendai. Yurendai, um, and it's YRD is the ticker. And this is online consumer finance. Now they have an online loan platform. They're one of the bigger players in this. They're one of the established. But this is also the area that's known as P2P or peer-to-peer -peer lending. And China's really been cracking down on this. So this is where they are regulating, actually. They've had a lot of uh, these loans go awry. They've had a lot of um, these companies go under, people left with nothing, various things happening. So uh, they've been cracking down and they're instituting a registration process. Now, in response to that, a company like Urendai, who's been around for a long time, they are trying to partner with the bigger banks. They're doing a credit assurance program. So they're trying to um, comply and clean up their act the same way that the Chinese government is trying to get the whole industry to do. But that doesn't mean there's not, you know, problems in the industry. So this company suspended its dividend on August 29th. Yeah, it's one of the few Chinese companies that actually did pay a dividend. It was paying 56 cents a share. That's not too bad, but it suspended it, and they said it was due to a challenging market environment with business uncertainties. <laughs> that never sounds good. Um, I've heard plenty of challenging markets and, you know, that kind of reasoning, but business uncertainties isn't good either. So as you can imagine, these shares um, have plunged down too. And so that's why it also is in the screen. Um, but it has a PE of just 7.4. So I know a lot of you are looking at it thinking like, wow, this is really cheap now um, because it's plunged down. But, you know, it, you have to look at those earnings to see if it's really a value stock or value trap. So 2017, they made $3.45, $3.45. 2018, now that this they have the challenging market environment, they're only expected to make $2.41. So that's a decline of 30%. 2019, the analysts see it rebounding back to $3.14. But we only have one estimate on this company. So that's also one of the issues with a lot of these companies. There's just very few analysts covering, you know, all of these Chinese companies and the ones that are going IPO nearly, you know, every month. So they um, are spread thin. So just one estimate, but you're getting a decline of 30% here in 2018 for the earnings, according to this one analyst. And obviously the company themselves are telling us that they're suspending their dividend. That's never a good sign because that means they're trying to conserve their cash, obviously. But um, yeah, Urendi YRD is the ticker there. So as you can see, it's a little rough investing in emerging market stocks. It appears just from this small sample that Mexico actually has um, is holding up fairly well, the Mexican stocks. 
And it's much more the Brazilian and the Chinese stocks that are getting hammered. So that's where you might find some values. Um, to me, they're not really dirt cheap enough yet to put some money in and to like roll the dice on some of these. Because again, the emerging markets is much riskier. There's a lot less information out there. There's fewer analysts covering it. You might not know what's going on. You might not even be able to listen to the conference call, depending on if they're doing it in English or not, or if they're supporting. Uh, supplying information in English. So um, there's all these issues. But for me, for emerging markets, I want them to be super cheap. There's a few of these Chinese stocks that look like they're close to that. And if they continue to see red, that could get interesting as a value investor. And then I would really suggest you're going to have to buy a bunch of them. You're going to have to buy, you know, more than just like two or three. You're going to need a, a nice diverse portfolio of them because when some of them blow up completely, which they will, they will, then you can ride out the rest. And that's what diversity is all about. So even, you know, some say you might need up to 20 stocks to be diverse. Then if you own 20 Chinese stocks and five blow up, but you have 15 that continue on, then you're not doing so bad. So that kind of strategy reminds me of the famous investor, John Templeton. He decided to buy a bunch of stocks after the Great Depression, but when there was basically the second recession that happened in the late 1930s, the stock market had recovered after the Great Depression fall off but now started to sink again. And so it had a second turn in the late 1930s, right before World War II. And he decided to buy 100 stocks all under a dollar, even though some of them were, you know, hanging by a thread. He knew some of them wouldn't make it, but he put the same amount into each of them, expecting some would and some wouldn't, but that he would win in the end because the ones that would make it would outweigh the ones that didn't. So, and he was a longer term holder. He was going to hold 10 to 20 years. And that is what happened with him. There was something like, um, it was like 15 or 20 of the hundred went bankrupt and were worthless, but the other ones did not. And once the economy got humming again after World War II, he was able to cash in. But I'm not saying that strategy is easy. I'm not saying that strategy is necessarily going to work at all for China or Brazil. This is the problem with investing in the foreign markets because we don't always know what's going on over there. So um, I would recommend not getting sucked in on just a normal market pullback, but to buy real value. Take a look at some of those Chinese stocks. If they get a lot cheaper, if people continue to flee them, because I'm seeing a lot of fear there, and that's what value investors like to see, because that's when everybody throws out the baby with the bathwater. I did take a look at some of the top names to see if any of those were exceptionally cheap, and they're not really. Baidu, B-I-D-U is the ticker there, continues to be the cheapest of those bigger cap Chinese stocks, and it's trading at 17 times. So if Baidu were to go down to 10 times or nine times, then I might get interested again to put some money, you know, take a risk and um, roll the dice on those. But some of these other ones are still the Alibabas of the world are still trading at pretty high valuations, even with this Chinese pullback. But it's always good as value investors to be looking around because you never know what might be out there, what you might want to put on your list, your watch list, 
and see if they do get cheaper, then it might be a great opportunity. So let's recap the stocks that we did look at. Again, we had America Mobile, that's AMX, Asur is ASR, Ombrer is EJR. Then we had um, the Chinese stocks. Let me find those. Um, Changyu.com is C-Y-O-U. And then Yurendai um, is Y-R-D. So I'll be, you know, investigating some of these again. I've done a podcast on the Chinese stocks, whether or not those were cheap, those big cap stocks a, a while ago. But some of them have sunk some more, so I'm sure I'll be doing another podcast to check in on those again because I know many of you are interested in investing in China. So, yeah, I'll be looking around at a lot in the emerging markets because that seems to be where some of the value can be found. Now, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. We are on um, Apple Podcasts as a standalone show over there, the Value Investor Podcast. And you can also find us on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. You have to search for Zach's Market Edge there to subscribe. And we're also on Spotify, so you can get us a lot of places. Be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you again next week.